Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Hello, everyone. Welcome to your favorite Wednesday afternoons around 4 p.m. Central Time activity. It's time for Take the Black, the one show on the internet where we ask questions like, how excited are we to watch House of the Dragon, the next Game of Thrones prequel show on HBO, go up against and defeat or lose to, because there will be a winner and there will be a loser. I'm not accepting some kind of, let's all play together, draw scenario. Um, Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power. I am Dan Selke, the editor of WinterIsComing.net, and I am here with Daniel Roman, the other editor of WinterIsComing.net, and I'm glad to see everyone in the chat today. Hey, everyone. Thanks for joining us. Hey, Joanne. Hey, Cheryl. Hey, Julie. Hey, Christian. Hope you're all doing swell. And Dan, are you doing swell? I am doing. I am doing pretty swell. Yeah, I uh, I went out <sighs> and saw something we're going to talk about later last night. Mm-hmm. So I've been on cloud nine with with amusement <laughs> today. <laughs> yeah, it, it's um, it's probably not like super healthy to um get enjoyment from something being bad and and letting that <laughs> fuel not. you. But I mean, it's. I don't think it's illegitimate. I think it's you, you, you can totally do that. It's yeah. like a skill you, you have to develop, like finding once in pleasure. a great while. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just in in in, in moderation. But in that's moderation, a little later. Yeah. So I think the thing this week was there wasn't like a ton of big news. So we thought yeah. we would have a bit of a deeper dive discussion onto a topic we've been wondering about um, for a while now. Daniel, why don't you tee it off? Sure. Yeah. So the thing that you know. Ever since House of the Dragon and the Rings of Power were both announced as coming out this year, we've been joking for months Mm -hmm. and months and months now about how they were going to air at the same time. It was going to be an (sighs) online rumble. Fans were going to go to war. Blood would be shed and castles and fortunes would rise and fall. Mm -hmm. And basically all of those joking predictions came true because now we know that House of the Dragon is airing at the end of August. The Rings of Power is airing at the beginning of September. So we are going to talk about House of the Dragon versus the Rings of Power. What's actually at stake here in this showdown? So, yeah, I mean, Dan, what do you what do you think? Like, do you think there's actually anything, any real consequences to the fact that these shows are airing at the same time? You think it will matter for the ratings, for the fans, for the fate of little Harfoots? everywhere (laughs) and little people Uh, i will say this i don't think the consequences are as severe as they would be were this 20 years ago i do think that because we're in a streaming world where most folk i mean you can't even watch a new show on amazon live like you would like at at least house of the dragon when that airs it'll be technically on linear tv on hbo on sundays at eight or whatever although i'm sure yeah they're like pushing the HBO Max angle there because they have that, like that branding on it. So they, they want yep. folks to stream this. And then on Amazon, like I know there are people who like kind of 
hunker down and just like wait for the thing to come out so they can watch it right then. But mm-hmm. that's kind of a thing of the past. Like Game of Thrones might have been one of the final shows that I, by the way, I, I usually hate that phraseology. Like it's the last blank. Like, no, it's not. It's not something else. Yeah. But it was one of the last shows that kind of aired at a time and everybody gathered out the TV to watch it and then like live tweet at the same time. Um, that'll be a little different this time. Yeah. They're not, they're not, they're not like competing for the same eyeballs at the same time. I think. Yeah. Um, I think it's more going to be about who's going to win the war of propaganda. Who's going to win <laughs> sort of yeah. the online discourse about it. Cause I think like if you want to watch a Lord of the Rings show and a game of Thrones show about dragons, you can find time in your week for both. That won't be a huge yeah. problem, but there's going to be one. There's going to be one that pulls ahead, right? Isn't that true? Yeah. Like th- th- there's going to be one that gets more coverage that gets more favorable coverage. There's going to be one that gets, you know, um, more plaudits, more critics, circle awards, more um, yep. fan fiction, fan art, more passion, more like one that has like the bigger contingent of people screaming about it and talking about you know, this is great. This is great. This is great. It- it's just yeah. going to happen. So they're um, bragging rights, I guess. Are what's at stake, which really yeah. are is the most important thing, way, way more than ratings. That's funny. Yeah, I feel like we've come we've come around to this period where we are past the point where they're competing. Like the ratings numbers are not really going to dip for either one of these shows because they're on at the same time. I don't think. I just don't really see it making a difference. And even if House of the Dragon does air at a time, because like HBO still does that to some extent. You're right. They are pushing the max branding because they've built max. this streaming platform that has so many people subscribed to it. That's now probably a pretty respectable chunk of their overall viewership. Yeah. Um, they want so, it to be. yeah, yeah, they're kind of kind of double doing double duty with their marketing there. But I think the coverage thing is a good point. That's something I've been thinking about. And obviously it's relevant to us because Mm -hmm. we will be covering both of these shows, but like realistically, if both of these shows are on at the same time, not to say sites won't still be covering both of them a lot, obviously they will, (laughs) but would they still get the same focused coverage because they're airing at the same time? Or will the attention just naturally be drawn one way or another, depending on how good or not good one of them is, or both of them. I mean, they could both tank, but I'm hopeful that at least one of them will be good. If they both tank, we might want to start looking into new career options because uh, I, I feel true. like th- this is a bit of a proving ground um, for 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 us here. As Julie says, it won't matter yeah. to me how the dragon will win, at least at the start. If it ends up being a dud, I will give up on TV for good. Ooh, those are tall words. Ooh. See, it's what we're talking about. Might be we alive. Tell Claire I'd be Frazier very, you said very that. Very disappointed. I'd be very disappointed too. Yeah. Yeah, crossing the fingers. I'm a little out of shape, by the way, people. So just uh, uh, apologies for that. I'm trying to think about what point of yours I wanted to respond to. It's going to be such a good point I was going to make. Oh, what was it? Oh, so, 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 so smart. Why don't you just repeat what you said to me in a more I have abbreviated a, Well, time. I have a question for you that Go you ahead. made me think of just now. So you said this is kind of a proving ground. And you know, we're working on something right now that's looking at all these shows that have been influenced by Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Why is this the proving ground? House of the Dragon and the Rings of Power. Because like the Wheel of Time and the Witcher were both, they were in this same situation basically last year really where they were right. both airing around this more or less the same time, close enough to compare apples and oranges. So why is this time the proving ground for these high budget fantasy shows? 
because as big as the way the time and the witcher were i think folk were expecting less out of them yeah. house of the dragon is the game of thrones follow-up game of thrones was the show that defined the 2010s it was the show that launched a thousand ships it was the show that led to the fantasy sci-fi smorgasbord uh, that we are currently dining on i want to get that metaphor consistent yeah um it, it, was it, good. Led, it was good. Thank you. I, I almost said like living in like no smart. You, you, you eat a smorgasbord. Um, it was yeah. the show that, you know, convinced uh, network streaming services that they needed to spend this towering amount of money to get eyeballs on it. So, yeah, there are a lot of expectations on the follow up to that specifically. And as for Lord of the Rings, like Amazon is pouring all Half its a million, might, <laughs> all its hatred into this one <laughs> property yeah like yeah all that money like this is degree magnitudes more than they spent on the wheel of time or the expanse or anything yeah. else they're i mean it's still like couch cushion money they're going all those, in but yes they're going all in so th- this is also it, it has the name like lord of the rings means something like more yeah. than the witcher does more than wheel of time does wheel of time's been around for a long time very famous but it's still not lord of the rings lord of the rings is the big yeah. granddaddy of like modern fantasy even game of thrones is totally. in lord of the Rings shadow to some extent so the these are the two i i, I really do yeah. believe this is and again I, I i think i've said this before that i can anticipate some like pushback on don't pu- don't pit them against each other uh they can yeah, both exist sure. like yeah they can and they will but the human brain compares things. It's how we can make a sense of the world a lot of the time. And it's like these two are trotting themselves out, like kind of on two platters and choose one or the other to be compared. It's begging us to yeah. do it. And they're going to be compared that anyway. Is. So I say, uh, go ahead and do it. And so that's why I think these are the two of all the shows in the room. Which are the two? It's these two. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree with that. Game of Thrones and Lord of the Rings. Like those are probably the two most recognizable fantasy right now show film properties that have ever existed maybe Mm -hmm. at this point in terms of of film um and yeah i think you know it's natural to compare like we've got some comments like diane says hello dan and daniel hi diane Diane. looking forward to house of the dragon but also we'll watch the rings of power so like we're all in that boat we're probably going to watch it but we're we're gonna compare it's gonna happen and are you so let me ask you are you excited for both of these shows yes i am okay i mean i'm i I think i am too i'm not confident in i'm more i I think rings of the power has a lot more to to prove right the rings the rings the rings of the power lord lord uh the rings of power has more to prove it's um rings of the lord the power of um dragons lord of the rings rings of power whatever i am i am yeah. i'm really tired I, I was up pretty late last night that's why i'm <laughs> kind of like a little a little whatever i'm just making water yeah. day as a change i i feel you it's a coffee day here yeah but no um one thing about the and people are saying they don't want to compare them and nicole says yeah. oh, sorry, has, much, has much more to live up to i don't know about that because lord of the rings again it has a long legacy okay i was going to say that i'm excited about house of the dragon i am interested in the rings of power and so that's the that's kind of the difference yeah I'm, I'm genuinely excited for the one and the other one I'm willing to let it impress me, but I, I am expecting yeah. a little less just cause they're making it up. There's no source deal, yada, yada, yada. Also, I, I have a question for you. So what do you think about sure. the notion that even though 
They're coming at the same time. They're kind of in the similar vein. Do mm-hmm. we think that they'll be very different in tone? Because we expect, we know to expect oh, yeah. for House of the Dragon. We know to expect the sex, the violence. We have like at least three different incestuous couples, uh, very much in keeping with Game of Thrones. Like, or yeah. there's going to be the dirty language. We might see some naughty parts. We're probably going to see some eviscerations. We're going to see the politicking. I'm not sure what we'll like, what we'll get from Lord of the Rings, honestly. I mean, because yeah, again, I they're forging their own path. I tend to think they're going to try because the Witcher had some Game of Thrones light shenanigans going on. I don't think pulled it off quite as well. I wonder if they're yeah. going to retrofit some stuff on there. And I, I just wonder if it'll be different enough to stand out and be its own huge hit. Because I'm not sure they can yeah. both be huge hits. Well, I I feel like that's, you know, that's part of the question, right? So I feel like when thinking about like the next Game of Thrones, that's something mm-hmm. I feel like all the studios forget about is like Game of Thrones is tone as being a really adult show that had like complex politics and sex and violence and all those elements, like that's something that not every fantasy story has. So like, I think with the True. wheel of time, even though that's a, you know, it's got a huge fan base. I think part of the reason we haven't seen that become a huge, massive hit and it still it's could like be one season. But in, like you know. it's only one season and nothing, very few things are a huge, massive hit after one season. Sure. But I think the challenge in front of the wheel of time is that it doesn't have those elements as many of those elements that might appeal to people outside of the fantasy reader genre. So like yeah. you made a point in your, I, I was plumbing the depths of the winter is coming archives for an article recently. I came across a very old debate you had about lady Stoneheart. Oh, and yeah, when one. we were talking about it, we won't, we won't get into the debate, but when we were talking about it after you made the point of that Stoneheart was the moment in game of Thrones where it crossed from being a political war drama type fantasy story to a high Mm. fantasy story. And I totally agree with that. And I think the political drama aspects of game of Thrones are part of what let it appeal to so many people outside. Yeah. It's what made it like a breakthrough hit, a broad hit. So I think Lord of the Rings, that's the challenge it has ahead of it. Can something that is like going way back and Tolkien, like the story not like the third tier Tolkien story, right? Because like there's the Hobbit, there's Lord of the Rings, third and tier. then there's the way back history. And that's what this show is going to be about. The Can it points, have yeah. a broad appeal to, to grab, you know, viewers across the board. And I don't, I don't know. Well, I mean, um, you know, like the, the Lord of the Rings movies were a proper genre busting phenomenon. I mean, we, we, we were talking that's about true. earlier, like the biggest, franchises ever i'd say star wars at least in like the kind of genre space oh yeah that is completely you know out there a little different um yeah what was the other example i had oh uh, harry potter i mean we're talking about just out and out magic oh yeah uh, feel good stuff yeah that's true i I don't think there's anything necessarily keeping a fantasy show from being the biggest there ever was and ever will be but i i and, and i mean really if you think about it, Game of Thrones becoming a phenomenon was very unlikely because, oh, yeah, like I think it's easier in retrospect to say like, oh, people were attracted to 
the grounded, incredibly adult level politicking and all the mature themes. But like even now, like conventional wisdom is to keep it as middle of the road as possible. Conventional wisdom yeah. is to keep it more like an MCU movie where like you have make sure you got some action, make sure you got some comedy, make sure you got uh, likable characters, make sure you don't do anything too risque. So the parents can bring their kids to the movie. Like that's what you're supposed to do. Like game of Thrones didn't do any of that. And it became a giant hit anyway. And yeah, I I have always kind of um, uh, been a little bemused that like other shows that are kind of following game of Thrones, like halo for instance, I think I read that like that they were trying to, we want to be broad based or like, or like the, or like the new star Treks that are more star Warsy. Like um, they want to be as big as Game of Thrones, but they don't take the lesson that it got big because it took these big risks and that they're making a little more like a a standard thing. By the way, some good comments. Someone compared the Game of Thrones to Lord of the Rings battle to uh, the classic Star Wars versus Star Trek. Christian. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Christian have their diehard fans, but Star Wars fans will always be offended when confused with Star Trek fans. Also, I think a good point with that is. Look, Star Wars won. Like, if that was a war, Star Wars won because oh, come on, we all know it did. No, it, like, I yeah, it did. <laughs> I mean, don't not, tell Chris Pine, but it did. N- not in terms of quality, but it, it, if if the measure is what had the bigger cultural impact, what had the like move, yeah. what made more money, like Star Wars won. It just did. It, it 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 lives in the imagination more, and I think part of that is because it is a little more broad, like star like. Star yeah. Trek classically is a bit more niche. It's a bit more. Let's think existentially about the nature of existence yeah. and our place in the it's universe. It's more classic science fiction yeah. that it's like it's about the human experience in space and intellectual problems. You know, Star Wars gets the rap of being space wizards, which fighting is fine. In space. I like space wizards, which is fine. Yeah, yeah, like it's a bit more simple, so that wins. And I'd say that Lord of the Rings is the Star Wars in that comparison because it is a little more open it's a bit more good versus evil it's a bit more uh yeah. you know elemental but i don't know if that's what this show is going to be <laughs> i really don't now here's a question for you though i totally agree with all of that i think if you look at the way the i don't want to say the rise of of like gritty fantasy and science fiction stories. I think we've seen more of them in the past, like 20 years than probably the preceding however many years. So when Lord of the Rings, the films came out, a big part of that was like, it was an experience. It's a, it's an experience. You go, you're transported to middle earth and with basically movies that were the highest production quality you could possibly hope Mm. for, for that story. So I think I kind of wonder if, now 20 years later if that same lightning in a bottle can be recaptured when yeah, the, the darker stories have kind of grown so much more that there's a demand for that is there the same demand for whimsical fantasy not to say lord of the rings can't be dark it totally can but no one's you know torturing reek on in lord of the rings <laughs> no i, I okay. don't know do you think Gollum. that makes a difference well, I'm not convinced the Rings of Power is going to be terribly whimsical. Like, I wonder if they're going to take okay. Game of Thrones cues. Because I remember, yeah. like, like yeah, it, it's based on a bunch of bullet points at the end of J.R.R. Tolkien's books, but they're going to yeah. do a lot. 
And again, I haven't seen it. I don't know. There's no reason a broad-based thing can't break through. I mean, again, Star Wars yeah. and Marvel, Marvel's the biggest thing in the world and it keeps everything. I mean, I guess they said shit on Moonlit a couple of times, um, but mostly it keeps everything very PG, maybe soft PG-13. Like, yeah. and it, it, it's it's quite wholesome. And again, biggest thing in the universe in terms of entertainment right now and has been for a yeah. while. So no, I, I think there's any reason a wholesome thing couldn't uh, break on through to the other side. Okay. Yeah. Any fair. other very metrics fair. that we can... I mean, if we have no other, like, uh, how can we decide, compare the two, we can just go straight to the final question. Who wins? Yeah. Well, we can definitely decide that now before either of them have. Yes, aired. we can. Who, who has already won. Thing. Yeah. Uh, oh, oh I, I mean, I knew one other point. Technology. You mentioned that Lord of the Rings movies had like the, the, the big technology at the time, the big special effects pushes. Yes. That makes a difference, too. It's yes. like Game of Thrones, too, was yeah. pioneering in terms of the content. Sure. Kind of the long form ambition, but it was also pioneering in terms of, in terms mm-hmm. of the technology. Like you'd never seen yeah. a battle like the Battle of the Bastards on TV. You've seen it in the movies. I mean, I, I think some of the yeah. battles on that show were better than the movies. Just totally not like, agree. Just like the movies in general. Nothing that ever on TV before. Nothing remotely close. I mean, that big. So that was really boundary pushing in terms of not just what's Jon Snow going to do, but in terms of like how are they going to depict this earth shattering event? I mean, I'm old enough to remember watching like, uh, you know, fantasy crap in the late 90s xena warrior princess or whatever they have like a battle and it's yeah. like three people they keep reshooting from different angles make it look like an army or whatever um <laughs> yeah yeah totally this, they really stepped it up and did things that had not been done now to keep doing that uh, they're gonna spend all the money but i'm not sure and perhaps they'll impress us like you know amazon spending the most money ever so maybe it'll it but you know the, the, there's kind of that plateau where it's you spend yeah. more money but i'm not sure i love xena tunica to go, to go be wrong I, I love me some xena but uh we're just talking yeah. in terms of like uh the the, the technology is awesome oh yeah, yeah can't, can't go wrong um i, I wonder if there's a room to kind of grow and pave new roads in a in in that technical sense to get people on board yeah. with you because they want the spectacle of it like or have yeah. does it get much better than the battle of the bastards like can they do tech technologically wise better than that or um yeah well you know, I, so i yeah i think that's a really great point in terms of innovating innovating mm-hmm. with shows and you yeah. really see that since game of thrones the one that i always notice now that a lot of shows do is like the the oneer shots so oh, like the long totally. single take shot that follows a character through a battle that wasn't really done very much or it, it wasn't it didn't have the cultural prominence it has now i mean like before in movies Hard sometimes the like saving private ryan or whatever but certainly not on tv no and now like like wheel of time did it in its mm-hmm. premiere like it, you can find examples easily of other shows that are doing this now arrow so i think it. that I question that. of which one arrow did it like in the last season there i remember reading the thing we're like yeah. we th- this is our version of the water shot and battle of the bastards we're gonna do so just like it definitely got around oh yeah daredevil yeah. had that although that was a yes. little uh more intimate yeah and that was that was early enough that it wasn't copying game of thrones because they were around the yeah. same time and they yeah, yeah, yeah. daredevil but that's another great example of a show that really pushed itself to innovate in terms of the the shots and the craft because like i don't know if you've seen season three of daredevil but there's <laughs> one of those you have okay so yeah, there's a prison a break mm-hmm. there's a prison break in that season it. that is one of those shots 
And it's like a 15 minute long scene with multiple acts throughout the scene. And it's all one take. It's crazy. Um, it is pretty cool. So, yeah. So I think it's really, I think that's a really great question. Are any of these shows going to innovate in a way that other shows try to copy? Will, because I think that definitely makes a difference. I think yeah. there's room for it. You know, that's why James is Cameron is taking 10 years to make Avatar 2. Oh, yeah. Part that's of that is, be, is, well, so, uh, yeah, fair. Zoe Saldana talked about this, how part of the reason was getting the technology to work right underwater, the, the motion capture for the actors. And it that's took, true. she said, it took him years to crack the issue to make it work, but he did it. I mean, it is, we'll see. <laughs> This is off topic, but like in terms of Avatar, <laughs> is that like James Cameron innovating to bring something new or is it that he's obs- he's been obsessed with the ocean for like decades and just has found a way for major film studios to finance his um, fetishization of deep water diving? Why not both? Why not both? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I think, you know, you look at the original Avatar and it did what we're talking about in terms of innovating technologically in a way that made it an event. Like the you gimmick, went to yeah. see it in theaters because there was just no other experience like it at the time. So, yeah, yeah, I hope that one or both of these shows is able to do something like that. And honestly, I'm kind of hopeful for House of the Dragon because there's so many dragons. This yeah, will I be... Mean- if they'll they pull have it to off, step it'll it up, be unlike Game of Thrones. Fail. Yes, that's very, very true. There, there are new vistas to kind of chase uh, yeah. if they have the 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 will and the follow through. Um, and the other thing about the yeah. technology is that Amazon has all the money. So true. Like true. If j- just that amount of money alone, they can fully uh, blaze some new trails if they put it to good use. Now the question is again, I just don't know if it's been put to good use. So we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, like that, will, that is the question. Will we see all that money on screen and actually be wowed by it? Or I don't know. Will it just like, yeah, you spent a lot of money, but like, I don't know, you didn't really have anything good to spend it on. So it kind of like the curve is like more money, how impressed you are. And like after a certain amount, it's kind of like, have you ever heard like the thing yeah. about um, money does buy happiness up to around $80,000 a year? And then it kind yes. of levels yeah, off. I've heard that. Like, I wonder yeah, if it's I think it hits diminishing returns. Yeah. If it's like, a, yes, more money will buy you really, really great looking stuff. But it's eventually like it can't really like what more can you really do? Like, great. You you, you made like every leaf on that bush look really realistic, but we don't care. So, yeah, it's going to take more well, than that. I, but that's part of it. Yeah, I agree. It's you know, it's one piece of the equation. If mm-hmm. the creative vision isn't there and someone and people behind the scenes pushing to do the innovations, just having more money doesn't isn't going to make the difference. I see some people on YouTube talking about Sapochnik, Miguel Sapochnik Ooh, being sweet. a total yeah. totally a trendsetter. Um, ah, he did do a lot and, of good stuff, man. And that's why I'm more confident for House of the Dragon, honestly. So, like, we talk about budgets, we talk about innovating, and the, one of the innovations we're talking about with Game of Thrones with those one shots was Miguel Sapochnik that did that. He's the one who really brought that onto Game of Thrones with hard home. So he's now doing house of the dragon, which is yes. going to have like Caraxes and Sunfire. See that comment Ooh. there too. Dragon battles in the air in a way we've maybe never seen on television before. And if anyone can pull it off, it's Miguel Sapochnik, which game of Thrones did not have. It had one really poorly lit drag versus dragon battle. Yeah. Like that was, that was it. And like this has, yes. there's definitely room to do a new lot of stuff. 
And then yeah. they have to do all like the character stuff right too. It's a lot, but yeah, my, my I, I'm supporting House of the Dragon. Of course I am in this battle that I'm yeah. making a battle. I don't want peace. I don't want um, <laughs> a, a, a calm rollout with no events. I want um, very uh, isolated internet-based uh, non-bloody war. Uh, yeah. And I want it to play out in uh, the trenches of Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and winnerscoming.net oh, and on think pieces. And I want it to be a good time for everybody involved. Yeah. But I want it to be heated. And I want a winner. I want blood. And I want House of the Dragon to be the one who sit Well, metaphorical blood. Uh, and I want House of yeah. the Dragon to be <laughs> the victor. Yeah. And only time will tell, but I'm right there with you. It sounds like most of the people, unsurprisingly, like we're a Game of Thrones podcast. Of course, we're going to have this opinion. But I think there are good reasons to have this opinion, too. The 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 mystery is there for Amazon to prove what it's going to do. And then, um, like, do you realize that there's a year we could get new seasons of House of the Dragon, the Lord, the Rings of Power, <laughs> the Witcher, the Wheel of Time, all in like one year and just that'd be nuts. Be a wash in, in uh, griffins and dragons and people in crowns on thrones talking about how the secession cannot come to pass and assassinations and politics yeah, and just it'll be a good year fantasy all year round. It will be. Like that, the the year that happens is the year the promise of Game of Thrones will be fulfilled and in full bloom. It is the year Ooh. all of these shows come come out at once. Yeah, I like that. I like that. I agree. <laughs> it's gonna be crazy. Yeah, crazy, amazing. Okay, all right, should you we, are should we meander? Yeah, yeah. Just some of the comments are like, yeah, uh, that's gonna be a fun year. I agree, Nicole. And um, I'll, yeah. I'll, 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 we'll see you all there. But yeah, l- yeah. let's meander. Um, Daniel, you saw a movie the other night uh, and you have some opinions yeah, about let, it. I do. I do. And I, I so I went and saw Morbius. I did it for the ex- I was already mad mm-hmm. about, Mor- <laughs> about Morbius God, you're so mad. just because of uh, everything I'd heard about the credit scenes. So I wanted to go see it for the express purpose of finding out if it sucked as bad as everyone is saying. We're going to get into some spoilers for Morbius here. So if you care, I, why do you care? First of all, but if you hey, care, hey, here's hey, your hey. warning. No shaming here. If you loved Morbius, you go and love Morbius. I'm happy for you. More, so what is he, Morbius, the vampire? Living vampire? What's his deal? The living vampire. Living the living vampire, vampire gotcha. which is first off, just a weird a villain to choose to do a standalone movie for it. Like he's an obscure one and Spider-Man has a really, really big rogues gallery. So I don't know why he's the, the choice for this. Sure. But uh, I will say it, it does have one of those big critics hate it. Audience seem to like it splits, but I guess you'll plumb those depths for us right now. What do you think? Dan? I, yes. So are you, let me ask you, Dan, sure. and, and I'll ask this for the, for the people in the comments too. Are you familiar with the movie The Room? Oh, yeah, I've seen that. Um, We went to the theater to see it, like one of those late night things once. It was insufferable. Everyone was like way too loud. And then we were like 30. And then uh, we saw it like with me me and a few friends like at our apartment just for fun. That was way more fun. Yeah, yeah. So Morbius, the best thing I can say about it is that it is the room of superhero movies. Um, (laughs) it, it, It was... So like it, there were things that were good about it. Like some Matt. of the performances, like Matt Smith was great. I like did Jared Leto did a pretty decent job. 
some of the effects were awesome. But then on the flip side, there were moments where it was just like incomprehensibly bad. So like to just be laughing because like it, it passed that point of like, oh, this is boring or bad or anything into this is laughably bad and therefore good again. Um, <laughs> good. Like I, mean- I still enjoyed it. I enjoyed the hour and 40 minutes I spent watching Morbius, but at no point did it feel like I was really watching a good movie. The best example I can give. So there are some FBI agents sure. okay, in I'm this there. movie. Mm-hmm. They are extremely inept. Um, their writing makes no sense they, yeah, they leaned into that trope hard. One of them is just a super derpy dude. He, they walk into this woman's apartment and they're like, oh, we're, we're searching for Dr. Morbius's girlfriend. Uh, oh, she has a cat. Uh-huh. Hey, where's her cat? One of them is like here, kitty, kitty. He picks up the litter box and shakes it to lure the cat out. This is the best example I can give of the absolute incomprehensibility of the type of writing that was all throughout Morbius. Because who calls a cat with a litter box? Like shakes the litter box supposed to to call the cat out. Yeah. So so there's stuff like that throughout the entire movie. Someone visits him in his Morbius in his jail cell, leaves him a bunch of items. It's like, how does that happen in a a jail cell? Like this is totally those in. No, they're just here in a bag. No, not at all. No one checked here. So there's stuff like that brought in this uh, file for you. (laughs) They didn't check me. Yep. Someone stays alive just long enough to like whisper a single line and then die. Like, I love that. I love that. Yeah. Like called and then stayed alive the, for the 10 minutes or however long. And then just the one line and dead. So there were, there were things like that, that were, um, I don't know, just again, if, if you want to see a bad movie, Morbius is a, is a, just not a good, not a good movie, but so the, I guess the thing so that I'm not just ranting about Morbius and again, (laughs) no disrespect to people who liked Morbius. Like there are things to like about it. I was just shocked and baffled. And part of that is this picture we have up now. So in the trailers for Morbius, they showed Michael Keaton Mm -hmm. as the vulture from the MCU. And they showed this shot, which has Spider-Man with murderer graffiti over it. Um, And basically these, the murderer shot is something the director said, yeah, someone made the trailer and just put that there. We were never going to include that in the movie. It was never part of the plan. That spells awfully funny to me. Yeah. Yeah. And like Michael Keaton. So if you aren't aware, Michael Keaton is only in the end credit scenes and they have had him front and center in all of the trailers for this film. So it really made Morbius look like it was going to be something other than what it was. It made it seem like this is going to be Sony's push to tie in as a sister extended universe to the MCU. When in reality, it was just kind of a crappy movie that had some really nonsensical (laughs) end credit scenes that said, hey, remember, we're part of the MCU, even if it doesn't make sense and we're not going to actually explain to you why that is. Um, well, we also so- know, um, Daniel, ha- this really got to Daniel. <laughs> this it this, this it misleading marketing end credits thing. Like he's been talking about it like since before you saw the movie for like at least yeah. a week. This, this got yes. to you. Um, and I'm it sorry. Did. That it that it upset you that much. I I, I don't you. like it either. It's not you who should be sorry. Nice. It's Sony. Because <laughs> yeah, it, it got to me because this isn't the first time Sony's done it. 
Like I have been a fan of these movies forever. And I remember when the amazing Spider-Man two came out It had Paul Giamatti as the rhino. And there was a shot in all the trailers of Paul Giamatti in the, in a mechanical rhino suit. And then I went to see the movie and that is the literal last shot of the movie is Paul Giamatti in the rhino suit. And it, it just really made me ask like, where is the line of what it's okay to show in trailers? Like at what point are you deceiving audiences into seeing your movie instead of getting them excited to see it. And I don't know. What what do you think about that? Morbius to me is the line where it was too far. I'd say both of us sound like the line. I'll, I'll, I'll admit, I don't have y- your experience with this. I, I've, I can't recall any time that I've been invested in a movie and a trailer fooled me. That does yeah. sound, yeah, that sounds wrong. Creating, oh, and I will call complete and utter bullshit on the director saying like, I don't know where that shot came from. I didn't do anything with it. Yeah. Like you're like, you're the director. Like that is a shot with your star in costume in a wall, like with graffiti invoking another franchise that is not a part yeah. of your movie. Like you had no clue. I mean, I, I, I'm sure you didn't have a final cut, but that, 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 that smells fishy to me yes yeah. i'd say the line is uh f- several steps back from where they put it for those movies and i'm sorry to you it upset you so much yeah. julie says poor That's daniel okay. ripped off thank you i guess thank you, i was julie. just in the fortunate position of not really I, I never intended to see morbius i won't see morbius yeah maybe if it's the room bad that could be fun uh so i was not see i recall paul giamatti i remember i walked into the the theater i was i, I, I was seeing a different movie and I was waiting for it. So the thing where I like walk in the Amazing Spider-Man 2 and I watched Paul Giamatti as the rhino for the last couple minutes. Yeah. And, and that was fun. So I didn't ha- have, have to go through that. Yeah. It, and that's fair. It's, you know, at the end of the day, it's all about what you're hoping for out of them. Right. And like I I did enjoy Morbius because I expected sure. it to be bad. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I did you like the Venom movie? I didn't see the Venom movie. I have not seen a Sony okay uh superhero movie got since like spider-man 3 with toby mcguire and i was like nope I'm okay out. okay fair so i liked venom i'm partial to the character i thought cool. the movie was i expected that one to be bad too and it was actually surprisingly good um tom hardy just really sold it this movie made venom look like an oscar-winning masterpiece <laughs> so that's that's what we'll say about it um the audience but it is what it is christian thinks you might need a tall bourbon uh and some time to relax. You're right, Christian. Thank Julie you. Thinks you need, Julie thinks you need a massage, possibly. Anything wow. to kind of. I'm get, not really. I'm not that upset. Come down. By the I'm way, that upset. Nicole. Well, let's see if this makes you upset. Nicole does think that he might have been the police officer cleaning to see that the litter box was clean. So that meant the cat wasn't there. Oh, are you giving so, the police officer too little credit? Yeah, you're giving them too much credit there, Nicole. So I, that's fair. It's a fair assumption, except that he's literally saying here, kitty, kitty, like <laughs> verbatim as he's shaking it. So that's why to me, it was like, maybe that's maybe that's fi- uh, Yeah, you're giving him way too much credit. There is too much else that didn't make sense for me to buy it. But kudos you for thinking of a way to give give them that credit. Also, congrats on your daughter. That's very cute, Nicole, that she has celebrity crushes on Jared Leto and Doctor Strange. I like Jared Leto, too. That's, um, that's good taste. He does make some <laughs> acting choices, that man, that uh, yeah. are very polarizing, I'd say. But he definitely has talent. There's no question about that. Can, 
can we talk just very briefly about the one for Morbius? I think this is so funny. Okay, go, go, go ahead. So, so Jared, it, a headline broke the other day that Jared Leto, but so he is a method actor, meaning he goes hard on um, getting into the mindset of the characters he's portraying. He pretended to be disabled between takes on Morbius um, at times delaying the production because like he would be hobbling in on his crutches, like, and it caused them to start shooting 20 minutes late. (laughs) They had to convince him to use a wheelchair to go to the bathroom because when he was crutching his way to the bathroom, Uh it was delaying the production too much. And I just think that's so like kudos him for doing like do what works for you jared leto but i just thought that was so funny what do you think is is that too far yes it's too far how stupid as nicole (laughs) says uh toby lives as a vampire like method method like oh i liked what um i forget who who it was if i don't robert pattinson who said like Whenever you hear of like someone doing the method acting, like someone's, I'm going to really immerse myself in this role. You never hear about a method actor, like being method to play like a really wonderful, nice person. It's always, no, my character is awful awful and terrible. So I have to be awful and terrible people on set. Like, mm, I don't know. The patterns sort of line up. It seems, yeah, it's just inconvenient and annoying to people around you. It's dumb. Find another method. Like, (laughs) <laughs> it's a it's it's a set it's a, it, this is a professional job stop bugging people wasn't he the one who like sent dog to like yes. jared leto yes, like people was. on the set of the suicide squad because that's what the joker would do like if that's yes. not method acting that's like borderline harassment and gross like no i'm very much uh, not into this yeah i think that's fair you know at the end of the day like the director was basically like everyone's got their method if you want normal people don't get into hollywood making films i mean sure sometimes you need to put up with them but there's Um, like a level of abnormal that we we need to like uh like accept and then go beyond it no like yeah i agree hollywood everyone hollywood's crazy but like crazy how like crazy like jared lee just sending poops to you or a trailer crazy because that's too crazy Yeah, I think he sent like like dead rats too. Like it was it was not okay. There was a reason everyone got upset it's with the him Joker. on the set of that. All right, as usual, it's we the are, Joker. As usual, we are burning time. Are you watching anything else, yeah. Daniel? Quickly, and are any of you watching uh, anything out there? We don't. They want to talk about briefly. Yeah, what did I watch? I watched Moon Knight. Uh, I mean, this good. Yeah. week, or I guess it was today. Today, this week, I watched Moon Knight. It was pretty <laughs> awesome. It was today. Um, yeah, it's good. I'm loving. Um, I'm really enjoying it. You watched it too, right? Yeah, I'm enjoying it too. I mean, look, I, 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 I think you were right in your review of it today. You said that uh, it's good because of Oscar Isaac. He's doing, yeah. he's really pulling his weight on that show. Like he he's every inflection is interesting. He's landing those jokes. Like I can see myself rolling my eyes at this show if another actor was in it. Because I mean, yeah, it, it does have that Marvel pattern of like we're serious but not too serious. Like let's have this story about a man with personalities who's losing his job and you know he has no life but throw in a crazy colonel sanders joke in there just to make sure it stays kind of light yeah this show is not i don't think it's going to go anywhere revelatory like wandavision tried at least to swipe at it but um it's really good example of like this kind of thing done really well and i think it owes a ton to oscar's performance because he is killing it He's very funny. He's very relatable. Like even just like throwaway lines. Yeah. He's kind of saying that like, totally. I, I think I would like kind of pass over if I saw them written down, he's making work. 
So the I show's absolutely fun. agree with that. I liked his outfit. His Mr. Knight outfit was fun. Um, yeah, fun show. I will watch the next one. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. The One of the things I've liked about Moon Knight is that it is not reliant on the MCU so far, and so that far. might change, but it feels mm-hmm. like, unlike Hawkeye, which was just like an MCU show filled with references and cameos, like Moon Knight feels like they're just telling a really good story that is going to stand on its own two feet, and I hope they stick with that because I think it's working for them. Again, partially because Oscar yeah. Isaac is just killing it. And Ethan Hawke is doing really well, too. Um, no, I like him a lot in this episode. Very, very good. Yeah, he yeah, yeah. owned it. He's, he, he's um, a charismatic. It's I, like whispery, yeah. sort of gravelly. Like you you want to be quiet when he's talking or because you're afraid he'll yell at you kind of feeling. He's a really believable cult leader. Yeah, Honestly, like so. he's soft spoken and nice until he's kind of scary. And it's like, I believe I believe you're uh, you are leading cults or you studied cult leaders for this. David Karoshi. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think one of the things for Moon Knight, if it's going to do anything revelatory, which I agree with you, it's it's a Marvel show. So I probably I just kind of don't expect it at this point mm-hmm. or revolution, whatever, like push like the bounds in any way. I'm 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 a fan okay. of that word. We're going to go with it. Mm-hmm. I think one of the ways Moon Knight might be doing it is in its cultural representation. So like spoiler, we've had one shot that is of. Cairo, Egypt in mm-hmm. the show so far. And the director who is Egyptian um, or one of Moon Knight's more prominent directors who's Egyptian. Yeah, thanks for six episodes. About, yeah, he talked about Wonder Woman 1984 and how they didn't represent it. Egypt well. He slammed it. It's a mm-hmm. common thing with movies with Orientalism where they're like trying to make Egypt look exotic, not showing that the pyramids are next to the city, stuff like that. And he basically said, if we're going to explore this in Moon Knight, because we have to, because it's relevant to Moon Knight, we're going to show Cairo like it actually is. So we get one shot where you see the city with the pyramid. And that's something he talked about specifically, including because Hollywood has so often not done it. So I'm hopeful that Moon Knight might show some, have some cool Egypt stuff as it goes forward. Oh, sure. I mean, and we'll, we'll, We'll do that next week. I'm looking forward to that. I, mean, I will say when yeah. he opened the curtains and it was the pyramids outside and they went full, like kind of the, the kind of a high pitched horn thing. It felt pretty exotic yeah. to me, but <laughs> I'm curious to see what happens next time. Yeah. Oh, hey, Dan, question for you. I also got serious like uh, Charlie Sheen waking up at Apocalypse Now vibes from that motel room scene at the end there. But that's just I can see that. off. I, <laughs> I can see that. Um, so Cornelia asked, any thoughts on Vox Machina? If either of you have seen oh, it, yeah, you watched I, Vox Machina, right? I did. Yeah, it was cute. It was cute. It was cute. Cute's my go-to word whenever <laughs> I want to say something that was like, um, you know, it didn't change my world, uh, but it was earnest, and they were clearly having fun making it and voicing it. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, it's very. Um, it feels like a hither thither dungeons and dragons campaign it feels like a bunch of friends got together and just kind of like no one tries to do like an act well i guess they are some actions like no one tries to do like a vernacular thing no one's kind of doing anything terribly deep like it's very like kind of anime emotions they're all right at the surface but it's 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 very Mm -hmm. fun it's fun and it's well animated and there are zombies and dragons and spells and you know um sexy winky jokes and it's fun it's a gotcha it's it's it was fun. It's cute. It's cute. Always a cute. And uh, some Outlander people are frustrated with it because they don't think Claire. I have seen that a lot. That Claire Fraser apparently is uh, acting O O C out of character. 
but I can't speak to that. What do you think? Mm. Is she, is she okay. OOC <sighs> taking so, ether to numb the pain. Would Claire do that? Would yeah. Claire do that. So I feel like Claire has a long history of she is very smart, but she also does really frustrating things often enough that it hasn't stood out to me where I've been like, she wouldn't, she, you know, I see the comments of like, she wouldn't do that. She should be smarter than that. She should be smarter than that. But she very often proves that she's impulsive and hot headed sure. and willing to put her foot in it for whatever reason. So I don't like the, I don't like the ether plot line personally. I think it's understandable why the show went there because she's dealing with this crazy trauma, which is Outlander's thing. It's like the circle of traumas. Ooh. Every season, someone's got a different the trauma they're dealing with on that show. Of trauma. And Claire's is really legit. It was awful, the stuff she went through last season. So I don't like it, but the show's doing it. So I'm gonna <laughs> okay. go with it, I Daniel, guess. Throwing That's... down that gauntlet. And finally, yeah. uh, Nicole and Nicole with an H both think we need a good ancient egypt show with game of thrones style betrayal oh the pharaohs all they did was kill each other like kill their parents kill their brothers kill their sisters it's, that's why there's never really been like an ancient egypt has there i can't think of one but there should be i, I agree with you guys yes most definitely that would be fun Ooh, an, magical- an ancient egypt like like adult political drama, drama? sure Ooh, ooh, that'd be great you can make like uh, some magical realism and just like have the gods hanging out too or something. They can go visit them. I, I that. would be so all over that show. It's a really cool history they got going there. I, I'm not sure I've ever seen like, I've seen like ancient Egypt documentaries. I don't think I've ever seen like an ancient Egypt drama series. I'm sure there's got to yeah. be one at some point. <sighs> Yeah, I mean, I guess the closest we have is stuff like like Moses stories or like when Rome was invading Egypt late in the Egyptian reign. But it'd be cool to see like a height of Egypt's power, political, yeah. political drama. Any right. Yeah, I'd be go about there a that. bit, but that's more about Rome. All right. As yeah. we're running low on time, shall we get to <laughs> as Christian says, the Scorpion, yeah, the Scorpion King. King? Yes, that was very, very um, accurate yeah. and historically rigorous all right definitely shall we get <laughs> to lightning round yeah sure let's okay. do it let's blaze this thing let us lightning this is when we go through all the stories we couldn't get to over the rest of the show and just give our 20 second takes on them i haven't really looked at this list yes advance from oh excited. great so it's a true lightning round. lightning round okay i'm gonna ask i'm asking first okay because i want to hear your take on this one so chris pratt is officially the voice of Garfield in the new Garfield movie. Okay, so I don't really care about Garfield. I do think it's interesting that just Chris Pratt is now voicing Super Mario Mario movie and now Garfield. I mean, here, what what's happening is that executives just kind of, they see like, who can we get for this? Just like, who's the first one that pops into your head? Chris Pratt, just call him on the phone. He's doing the other voice thing, right? I wish there was some more imagination happening. Just like, he, there's no way he's the perfect yeah. fit for everything. Okay, that's my Chris that's Pratt hot true. take. Okay, <laughs> Daniel. Well, speaking of Moon Knight, Oscar Isaac has only signed on to play uh, for one season of the show, so it might be a one and done thing. Your thoughts? Yeah, I I really hope it's not. I think it's awesome that Marvel was able to sign a contract with him for just one season. He basically said, mm-hmm. "I'm not willing to sign a long contract mm-hmm. with you if you want me to do this show. I don't really need to do this show." But I this was is in what Star I need. War. Yeah, I, yeah, and he and they were like, "Great, come do the show." And then we'll talk afterwards if it goes well. So sweet, sweet sliding in under the buzzer. All right. Uh, Dan, 
The Witcher season three has begun filming and revealed its mm. first set photo. Yeah, cool. That's um, yeah, I don't remember their names. Henry Cavill, Freya Allen, and Anya Charlatra on a frozen lake somewhere. Uh, the Geralt, Siri, and Yennefer. So many dumb names I have in my head. With the horse. Hope the horse is okay. Yeah, cool. Um, they're filming. Probably means it'll be uh, next year, most likely then. They're not going to get that out this year. Um, so fun for them. Fun for them. All right. Yeah. Uh, Daniel, this one's exciting. This is, this is momentous. After 11 yeah. seasons, The Walking Dead has finished filming its 11th and final season. It's a wrap on the entirety of The Walking Dead over a decade of the making. Um, one, congratulations to The Walking Dead. That's incredible that they had such a run, finished the show. Mm-hmm. It doesn't actually feel like they're wrapping anything, to no, be honest, because they've already announced like four or five spinoffs. So it it hasn't given me time to actually feel like The Walking Dead's ending because there's going to be more Walking Dead than ever yeah. starting soon. It reminds me of like uh, when they were like, oh, we're taking a break from Star Wars movies. Now here's the Mandalorian, Obi-Wan Kenobi, Book of Boba Fett and everything else. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're, you're, totally. you're not taking a break. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So Maisie Williams goes full punk rock in the teaser trailer for the Sex Pistols biopic, Pistol. Pretty sweet. She is playing um, Pamela Rooker, who just died like days ago, apparently. Jordan, who is this kind of um, London punk rock uh, 1970s sort of style icon. She kind of pioneered this, like, you know, the extreme hairstyles and the ear makeup, which was a huge part of the punk music scene. I like punk. I've always been a fan. Sex Pistols are fun. Um, okay. That's coming out soon. Yeah. How fun. All right. Okay. You wanted this one. I All did. right, Dan, here's a good one for you. Mark Zuckerberg, the CEO of Meta, nay, Facebook, um, his employees compare his management style to being watched by the eye of Sauron from the Lord of the Rings. I think that's the funniest thing ever. Like, it's one <laughs> thing if, um, you know, the media is calling you that or whatever. It's another <laughs> if it's your own employees. And he just kind of laughed about it. He's like, yeah, I've got the eye of Sauron. He laughed it off. <laughs> it's like he shrugged it off. And it's like, that's my employees the, think the I'm a dark representation lord. You know how employees do. evil. Yeah. Yeah, he has not so, done yeah, much soul that. searching about that. <laughs> that's, no, that, that's no, he funny. has not. All right. Uh, Dan, Bill mm-hmm. Skarsgård, who plays mm-hmm. Pennywise in the It movie, will lead a remake of The Crow. Yeah, The Crow, um, starring Brandon Lee, I think, back in the 90s. This dark, at the time, moody, edgy, revenge superhero. I mean, frankly, yes, kind of proto-superhero drama and now Pennywise from it is going to be uh the new crow lead man a new movie they're trying to remake it for ages good for them I mean eh, yeah sure yeah the crow the crow's back everybody have fun with that okay um oh here's a good one Daniel fantasy author Brandon Sanderson author of such books as the Stormlight Archive and the Wheel of Time books after Robert Jordan died ran a Kickstarter to publish his new books. It's over and he raised over $41 million shattering Kickstarter's record for a bunch of fantasy books. Yeah, I think that's incredible. You know, he doubled the previous record, which was for like a smartwatch. The Pebble smartwatch. And And yeah, he backed a bunch of other Kickstarters as a way of giving back. He's doing a whole bunch of stuff to give back and um these are they're like mystery books that he's mailing out to the backers next year i think it's great that's very very cool yeah good brain sanderson 
And again, it is cool that just uh, like the biggest record is by far like over some fancy books, like rather than yeah. anything good, good for it. Yeah, some books. I hope we get some, Pe- some people read. Notice. It probably people will. Read. He There's he's gonna proof. he's gonna blow up eventually, like someday soon. It's gonna be like yep. hip and George Martin, but okay, moving on. Yeah. Okay. So Bruce Willis mm-hmm. um, is retiring from acting after being diagnosed with aphasia. Yeah, Bruce Willis, obviously iconic actor, Die Hard, Sixth Sense, um, Fifth Element. Uh, he's retiring from acting. He's getting up there. He has this disease. I mean, just I guess just take twenty seconds to just say I've loved a lot of his movies. I watched them as a kid. I think he's done a lot of good work. So whatever he needs to do to live the rest of his life in peace, go do that. Yeah, absolutely. Bye, Bruce. Yeah, Bruce Willis is uh, yeah, great actor. And with it, I think we have one more. Yeah. Oh, this is a good one. Okay. Yeah. All right, Daniel. Uh the first images of Game of Thrones star Jacob Anderson, who played Grey Worm, uh, in AMC's interview with the vampire show have been released. Grey uh, he is Louis, the main character, there with Lestat. Yeah, you know, I've been I guess middling excited for this show. Yeah. Because right, I like yeah. Anne Rice's work. I like Interview with the Vampire. I thought the mm-hmm. movie still stands pretty well. Yeah, um, I, I agree. I'm curious to see what they're going to do. I like Jacob Anderson. I don't know who the person playing Lestat is. Um, it's got something to prove, but not really because this is introducing it to a whole new generation of fans. Yeah, I'll be curious too to see uh, how it goes over. It's been a long time since 94 and that older movie then. Yeah. And they're going to update it. I. Um, yeah, that, that movie doesn't have a place in my head. I want to talk about it further, but that's the end of the lightning round. And that's the end of the show. Thank you for watching, yeah. everybody. This wow. has been a lot of fun. We went pretty long. We love to talk about, it, as always, we have very important opinions, and our opinions are final and authoritative. Thanks for watching. We are here every Wednesday live on the Winners Coming Facebook page and the Winners Coming YouTube page. We're also available in podcast form through stuff like iTunes, Google Play, wherever you can get podcasts. Thank you, Julie. See you next week as well. And we will see you here next Wednesday or afterwards if you want to um, listen to us later. Goodbye and fight the future. Yeah. Take care, everyone. This podcast is brought to you by Fansided. Join our community of over 300 sites from sports to pop culture and everything in between. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.